started a brand new series last week called Dream Killers, and we were looking at the life of Joseph, and we discovered last week that God has a plan for your life, and you don't want to miss it. And I believe that God has got a plan for each and every one of you, no matter what your background, no matter what your age, no matter what your uh, uh, education is, no matter uh, how talented or not talented you, you may be in certain areas, I believe God has a plan for your life, and you don't want to miss it. So we started looking at a guy in the Bible called Joseph who had a dream, and we discovered that God had a plan for his life. Um, and we, we introduced you to the theme of something called dream killers, and that is things that come into our lives that will try to kill the plan that God has for your life. And so we're going to look at our very first dream killer this week, things that can come and try to kill your dream or the plan that God has for your life. But I want to ask you a question first. What has Michael Jordan, Oprah Winfrey, Winfrey Jerry Seinfeld, J.K. Rowling, Albert Einstein, Colonel Sanders, Stephen King, and Steven Spielberg all got in common. Anybody like to say? They were all unsuccessful. Well done. You should have said like they were all rich and like made loads of money and they were famous. But you are right. They were all at one point unsuccessful in the things that they did because each and every one of them had a dream But very early in their lives or their careers, they had to face the number one killer of dreams. Now, a dream is not easy to fulfill. Some of you have wacky dreams. My wife has been having the weirdest wacky dreams like she's ever had that last couple of weeks. And she tells me in the morning, I can't repeat what they are because half the time in the morning, I'm really not listening, but she's talking anyway. But, but we have these weird dreams sometimes, but real dreams, dreams that we have for our lives are often very difficult to fulfill. In fact, if your dream is big enough, then it will seem impossible to fulfill. When your dreams collide with God's plan for your life, then they will be impossible for you to fulfill. And that's what I love about God's plan for our lives. If God has got a plan for your life, which I believe God does have a plan for your life, then it will be impossible to fulfill without God. God has a plan for your life, but it's impossible for you to fulfill without God. And Joseph This guy that we were introduced to last week was no different. His dream for his life collided with God's plan and the dream seemed impossible. You see, Joseph was number 10 in the line of his brothers. He was the 10th youngest brother um, in his family. And he lived in a time where the oldest brother got everything. The oldest brother was like the darling of the family. All the others were just little runts that walked around and ran around. But the oldest brother was the darling of the family. He was the one who got all the inheritance. He was the one who got all the favor with the father. And so Joseph was 10 in line. And and so he was pretty far down the pecking order. But yet Joseph had this dream. And Joseph's dream was that eventually he would be a leader and he would lead his family. Now, Joseph's father loved Joseph, and the Bible tells us that he loved Joseph more than any of the other sons. But Joseph's father, Jacob, didn't even trust Joseph to lead his family business. 
In fact, the other brothers were, were it was in the business of farming and keeping cattle and sheep. And the other brothers were sent to work while Joseph was stayed at home because he wasn't even trusted to be able to go and lead his father's business. Yet Joseph's dream was that the once great would bow down to the small, which was him. And it seemed impossible. But I got news for you this morning. With God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. And this is what happened with Joseph. So if you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. And we're going to start reading that verse 5. If you don't have your Bibles, then it will be on the screen for you. It said that one night, Joseph had a dream. Bless you, by the way. One night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, Joseph said. We were out in the fields, tying up bundles of grain, all gathered around um, and all, sorry, but tying up bundles of grain, suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because, his dream, because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. So we see here that God has revealed to Joseph a dream. But what we see, we see that God revealed the dream, meaning the end result, the destination of where Joseph was going. But you notice that God did not reveal the process of getting to the destination to Joseph. For Joseph had to walk the process. God showed Joseph the end, but it was the journey along the way that was going to equip Joseph to be able to get to the end. And this is how it works in our lives. So often God will show you a dream. He will show you his plan for his life. He will put a dream inside your heart, but he won't show you the road ahead. Because sometimes if you knew the road ahead, you would probably give up on your dream. You know, when I was 16 years old, I was at a youth camp, and I, all I was interested in was just chasing girls. That was it. I mean, that was me. And Pamela Anderson. That's, that, just, I was 16 years old. What can I say? Love Baywatch. Anyway, probably shouldn't have said that. But, <laughs> but I was at this youth camp, and one night, God just got hold of me, and everybody else cleared, and they were probably making out with the girls that I was chasing after or something like that. But we were at this chapel. Almost everybody had gone, and God just did something amazing in my heart. And I felt God whisper in my ear that night, Alex, I want to use you. I want you to declare my gospel. That's what I heard God say. It was a real weird, never really had any experience like that before. Very hard to, to comprehend. I just knew deep inside of me, God was saying, Alex, I want to use you. I want you to declare my gospel. 
And at that point, I, I had always said I was never going to go into church ministry, church leadership. I, I, my dad was a pastor, my grandfather was a pastor, all my uncles, they were all pastors. And I saw what the church could do to people and what pastors did to churches, and I didn't want anything to do with it. I, 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 I didn't want to, to be part of, of leadership in a church. I just wanted to attend a church, and that was it. Because church life is hard. It's tough. You're dealing with people. It can get messy. And I didn't want any part of that. And God got hold of me and says, Alex, I want to use you. And as a 16-year-old boy, I said, okay, God, use me. And at that moment, I'm on my knees before God, and it's the one and only time in my life this has ever happened. But I saw a vision. Can't explain it. I don't know where it came from. All I know, I think it came from God. I hope it came from God. But this is what I saw. I saw myself as a, someone in my late 40s, early 50s. I was living on the East Coast of the United States which at that point I was 16 years old. I was living in the UK. And I saw me leading a church. And I saw this church reaching out to thousands of people in Africa, in Asia, in South America. And I saw uh, this church raising up pastors who would go and reach communities, their local communities in these worlds. And, and there's so much more I could tell you, but it was so vast, it was unbelievable. And I was like, God, you want to use me for that? I was like, sign me up. I'll do it. But you know what God never did? He never showed me what it would take to get there. Because if God had showed me what it would have taken to get there, I would have never said, sign me up. I would have said, no, 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 no. I'm going to be like an accountant or something. You know, that's what I would have said. I'm like, let me just go and in business. Because God didn't show me the years of rejection where people said you would never make it. God never showed me that I would have to get up and move countries and leave friends and families and start in a new land. God never showed me uh, just the, 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 the times that people would betray me. God never showed me the financial hardships that we would go through. People never showed me how, God never showed me how people would say things about my family and my wife and the things I'd have to go through in order to do that. You know why? Because God never showed me the process because I have to walk through that process. Because it's through walking through that process that God is equipping me to do what God ultimately has a plan for my life. And it's the same with you. God has a plan for your life, but yet God will not show you the process because he uses that process in order to build you and make you. And if he showed you the process, you probably wouldn't want to go on the journey in the first place. And that's what happened with Joseph. And so Joseph had this dream and all of us make mistakes, especially young people make mistakes a lot more than older people just because they're maybe not as wise. And all of us make mistakes. And Joseph made a rookie mistake that opened the door to the very first dream killer in his life. And this is the mistake he made. He opened his mouth. He opened his mouth. How many times have you said, man, if I just hadn't opened my mouth? Well, this was Joseph. 
Joseph, if he had not opened his mouth, things probably would have been a lot easier for him. You see, he was so excited about this dream within him. He was so excited about God's plan for his life. He started to tell everybody about the dream. He was excited. He was intrigued. And he wanted to share what God was doing. However, the moment your dream becomes public knowledge is the moment dream killers will start the process of trying to kill your dream. And the first dream killer that Joseph encountered is called the dream killer of discouragement. The dream killer of discouragement. Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team because he was said he would never be good enough. (laughs) Can you believe that, coach? But he's in his words now. Albert Einstein was told he would never be intelligent enough to make anything of himself. Stephen King's first book was rejected 30 times. Colonel Sanders, you know, KFC Colonel Sanders, his recipe was rejected at over 1,008 restaurants before someone actually picked it up. Oprah Winfrey was told that she was not suitable for television. And Jerry Seinfeld was told he wasn't funny. Which I think he's hilarious, to be honest. Anyone who has ever made anything of themselves has faced the dream killer of discouragement. It comes in all shapes and sizes, but mostly it will come in in the form of the people closest to you. Many times in the Bible, God tells people a plan for their lives. He tells them a dream. He tells them a promise. And this is what God says to them. He says, keep the dream in your heart. Keep the promise in your heart. Keep the plan I have for you in your heart. And the reason God says this, he says on multiple occasions, is because as soon as you start to vocalize your dream, there will be people who will try to discourage you. However, if God has given you a dream, then God plans to do everything in that dream. God's plan isn't half the dream. God's plan is the full dream. And if you believe that God has something for your life and you are believing God to, 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 to maybe uh, take you into a new place, into, maybe in business, maybe in your career, maybe in your family or your marriage, and God has given you that dream, then God will see to it that everything in that dream will come to pass. So let's take a look this morning at three ways that discouragement can kill your dream. And they're all to do with other people because it's other people that discourage our dreams. And the very first thing that we see from the story of Joseph is this, that there will be those who will dismiss you. There will be those who will dismiss you. Look at this. Genesis chapter 37, verse 10. Says Joseph, this time he told the dream to his father as well as his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is this, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? Steven Spielberg was rejected three times from the film program at USC. For he was seen, deemed not to ha- not have what it takes 
be part of a film program. I mean, let's be honest. How does a university get something like that so wrong? How? The reason is, is because there will be people in your life who will come by and they will just dismiss you. Potential employers, teachers, investors, coaches, even friends and families. They can't see in you what God sees in you. Yet they are placed there often to kill your dream. For Joseph, this came in the form of his father. The Bible says that Joseph was his father's favorite. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. Yet we see here that the dream killer of discouragement is using Jacob to try to kill Joseph's dream. The one man who you would have thought would have supported Joseph was the first man that the dream killer of discouragement used to try to kill Joseph's dream. And this is how dream killers work. They will use the people closest to you because they know they have more influence on your life than strangers. And sometimes those people don't even know that they are discouraging. They don't even know that they are trying to kill your dream. Because the dream killer of discouragement will use the people closest to you. You see, Joseph's father, Jacob, had a problem. While he loved his children and he loved Joseph more than any of the others, he also was a dreamer. If you look in Genesis, if you go back a few chapters, see that Jacob also had a dream. God had a plan for Jacob's life. But the problem for Jacob was this, and this is where dreamers, if you're a dreamer, if you have a dream, things can go south very quickly. Jacob was so consumed with his own dream that he dismissed another person's dream. Jacob was so consumed with his own life that he could not comprehend a day when his son would be greater than him. God has a plan for your life, but also God has a plan for the person next to you. And never dismiss the person next to you. Even if you can't see what, 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 what they are seeing, never dismiss the person next to you. You know, when we started uh, GC, Generation Church, before we had even had our first service, before we had raised one dollar towards starting this church, before... You know, we'd really had any meetings and we'd even come up with the name Generation Church. I told a few people who I respected the dream that God had put inside of Raquel and myself. And we told them how we feel that God is wanting us to start this church. And how we have this dream that we wanted to make the bride of Christ beautiful again because there were people who were, had gone away from church because church had hurt them and people in church had hurt them. We saw so many people just wandering out the back door, never to come back into church again. We told them how, how uh, that we wanted to reach out to people and give them a place to belong. We were so excited. And one guy, who had been in ministry for many years, he was a pastor. He turned around and he said this to me. He said, Alex, I believe that dream is a self-fulfilled prophecy. He says, I don't think God's in it. That's what he said to me. 
And you know, if I never, if I had taken his word, and trust me, there was a point where I was like, oh, is it? We would not be here today. Lives wouldn't have been changed. People wouldn't have been baptized. Kids wouldn't have been taught. You know, some people in this community wouldn't have been reached out to. We would not have a place to belong on a Sunday morning if we had listened to that man. He's not a bad man at all. In fact, he's a pastor. He's a good man. But yet the dream killer of discouragement was sent, by, uh, was sent to him to dismiss me. And when people dismiss your dreams, don't give up. For it's only a dream killer trying to use people to kill your dream. There will be people who will dismiss you. Second way that discouragement is used, there will be those who are jealous. There, are, there will be those who are jealous. Generate, um, uh, Genesis chapter 37 and verse 11 says this. It says, But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. His brothers were jealous of him. And the dream killer of discouragement often comes in the form of jealousy. And what happens with jealousy? People will try to knock you down because they are jealous of you. You see, jealousy happens when we want what we lack. Joseph's brothers were jealous of Joseph. See, they wanted the favor Joseph had with Jacob. Jacob had given Joseph a special coat. He had treated him much better than the others. And the brothers wanted what Joseph had. They also wanted to dream like Joseph. And when people don't have what you have, they will try to pull you down to their level. Because they can never see themselves rising up to your level. Jealousy is a dream killer. And most jealous dream killers, in fact, are people who have even, either lost their dreams or stopped dreaming altogether. You know, there's nothing worse or sadder in this life than a person who has stopped dreaming. C.S. Lewis, who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia and many other wonderful books, he said this. He said, no one is ever too old or past it to dream about tomorrow. One of my favorite characters in the whole Bible is a guy called Caleb. Caleb was 80 years old, and he had this dream that he was going to go and conquer the hill country of Canaan. 80 years old, a guy who probably could barely walk up a few flights of steps, wanting to conquer the hill country. And years later, we find that he owns all the hills of Canaan. Because he didn't stop dreaming. And the tragedy for a jealous jealous person is that they start to focus on other people's dreams instead of their own. And the best thing to do if there are jealous people in your life is this. Limit their access to your life. You can't just cut them out altogether because some of those jealous people are parents or their children or their Nieces and nephews, aunts and uncles, grandparents, their co-workers, their neighbors. But limit their access to your life. Limit them being able to speak into your life. 
Don't share with them how God is raising you up because they're just going to try to pull you down. For they're determined to bring you down to their level because they are jealous. So the dream killer of disappointment comes in the form of jealousy. There will be those who will dismiss you. There will be those who are jealous of you. And finally this morning, there will be those who will just plain hate you. There will be those who will just plain hate you. Genesis chapter 34, verse 4, says this. But his brothers hated Joseph. So it says, his brothers hated Joseph. Look what, look what happens with the hatred. I'm going to read it. It's a long passage, so uh, I'll read as quick as I can. But it says here, Genesis chapter 37, and verse, starting at verse 12. Soon after this, after Joseph had told his dream, Joseph's brothers went to pasture their father's flocks at Shechem. When they had been gone for some time, Jacob said to Joseph, remember Joseph wasn't trusted with looking after his father's sheep. Jacob said to Joseph, your brothers are pasturing the sheep at Shechem. Get ready and I will send you to them. I'm ready to go, Joseph replied. Go and see your brothers and the flocks uh, and how the flocks are getting along, Jacob said. Then come back and bring me a report. So Jacob sent him on his way and Joseph traveled to Shechem from their home in the valley of Hebron. When he arrived there, a man from the area noticed him wandering around the countryside. What are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for my brothers, Joseph replied. Do you know where they are pasturing their sheep? Yes, the man told him. They have moved on from here, but I heard them say, let's go on to Dothan. So Joseph follows his brothers to Dothan and found them there. Now listen to this. It says, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of the cisterns, which was like a big pit, we can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. But when Reuben, who was one of the brothers, heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, they, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him away into this empty cistern here in the wilderness. And then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. So that's what hate will do to you. You want to take what other people have. And it says, and then they grabbed him and threw him into the system. Now the system was empty and there was no water in it. Then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming towards them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Judah, one of the brothers, said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? We've come, uh, we'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's just... Uh, sell him to the Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed so that when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite trainers, traders, came to Joseph's brothers, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the system. 
and sold him for 20 pieces of silver. And the traders took him to Egypt. Look what hate can do to somebody. The Bible says that Joseph's brothers hated him. Their jealousy had very quickly turned into hate. And this is very dangerous for both the hater and the dreamer. For the hater has one goal, to destroy the dream. And the result is very often they will try to destroy the life of the dreamer as well. There's no better way to kill a dream than to kill the person who's dreaming the dream. Now, while Joseph's brothers actually physically tried to kill him, in your life you may not have somebody who is physically trying to kill you unless you've got some psycho people in your life, but you'll have people who will try to destroy your spirit. You'll have people who will try to destroy your character. There will be people who will try to destroy your relationships. They will try to put you in a place where you can't get out. And that's where Joseph was in a pit and he could not get out. But the reality is this. The hater really believes in you. They believe in you so much that they believe that you are going to accomplish what God has purposed in your life. And so they are going to try to bring you down because they are threatened by you. When we started Generation Church, we had a few people who did not want us to start this church. And I look back and I laugh now because I think, what were they thinking? But one person said to me, he says, Alex, if you start Generation Church, then nobody's going to want to come to my church. That's what he said. I'm like, it's crazy. I'm like, why do people want to come to my church, you know? And the people of his church didn't want to come, would never want to come to this church. It's too loud for them, too dark, you know? They look, don't like the British, you know, I don't know, whatever. But that's what he said to me. And I was just, and I was like, try to fob it off him, don't be silly. The weeks and months that followed were really difficult. Because we didn't say a word, and we started hearing from different people that our character had been assassinated. Saying things that we were doing and saying things that we never done and said. People are trying to kill our dream because they were threatened by us. And I have no idea why anyone would be threatened by me. But yet, that's what can happen when people try to destroy your dreams. And if there are people who are trying to sabotage your dream, they are just haters who seem to do anything to kill your dream. Let me just say, that person who said that, I have nothing but admiration for. Because that person is, is doing a work that's tough and hard. And that's how I saw him. I gave him a big hug. But that's sometimes what can happen when we start focusing on other people's dreams instead of the plan that God has for our lives. But if there are haters who will seem to do anything to kill your dream, this is what you must do. You must run and run fast in the opposite direction away from them. For the dream killer of discouragement will use the hate of others to try to crush you. You know what I love about Joseph? Despite all this discouragement, 
from his father, his brothers. He kept on dreaming. It reminds me of another man in the Bible whose name was Nehemiah. Nehemiah had a dream to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem because they had been torn down. They were ruins and Jerusalem was open to attack. And Nehemiah had this dream, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And everyone was like, yeah, we're with you, Nehemiah, except for three guys who hated the dream. And they wanted the walls to stay as ruins. And so they did everything possible to kill the dream. They tried to discourage the people. They tried to discourage Nehemiah. And eventually they plotted to kill Nehemiah. But they failed. But what Joseph and Nehemiah had in common was both did not let discouragement kill their dream. In fact, they decided to dream more. And that is what you must do when discouragement comes. If you've got a dream in your life and people have discouraged you, what you must do is this. You must look to God and say, God, broaden my dream. Broaden my dream. For if your dream is a God dream, then it's going to be impossible for you to do by yourself anyway. So what if people are trying to discourage you? Because in your own strength, you're not going to be able to fulfill it by yourself. You know you need the hand of God in your life. So while people may come and discourage you, take heart, for there is a God in heaven who has a plan for your life, and no matter how much people may try to discourage you, there is nothing that will discourage him, and he will see it come to pass. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 says this. For what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, then who can be against us? And God has a plan for your life, and I believe God is for you, and God wants you to fulfill that plan. God has a dream for your life. God wants you to fulfill that dream, and if God is for you, there is nobody in this world who can come against you because God will see it come to pass. And people will come and try to discourage you, but don't worry about the discouragement. Because all the encouragement you need is a God in heaven who says, I have a plan for you, and I will see it come to pass. Bow our heads in prayer.